0: Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. I'm your host, Steven Pinecker And I want to welcome a very special guest who is like so awesome because this was like last minute. Um, we're filming this the day that it's going to be released. Uh, as many of you know, that I spent the last two weekends in Zion 1.0 and 2.0 uh, doing Utah uh, two weekends ago, and then Independence, Missouri uh, this past weekend. So I haven't had a chance to read too many books. And get authors on, and so I thought, you know, there's this wonderful organization called uh, LDS PMA, which stands for Latter Day Saint Publishing and Media Association, and it's headed up by a uh, Devin Jensen, who's a good friend of mine, and he did a real solid when he appeared on Gospel Tangents the other day, where he said some really nice things about me and my channel, and I thought, you know what, I want to do some reciprocity here and have somebody on who's going to be speaking at the conference. Um, the person who's on my program, his name is Spanky Ward, and he is a filmmaker author, and he is going to be giving a lecture at the LDS PMA conference this weekend. Now, this, let me give you a quick uh, uh, introduction. Now, this is from his, from his IMDb page, so this guy's like He's got his own IMDb page, which is so awesome. So Dustin Ward Sparky was born in Ogden, Utah. He is a producer, director, and writer known, known for Hello, I Love You, Riot, which is, stars Dolph Lundgren. I have to ask you about that. Ruling of the Heart, Christmas Break-In with Danny Glover. He has written, produced, and directed feature films and over 70 shorts and commercials. He's writing a variety of screenplays for several producers while writing his next feature film to produce and direct. Spanky's also turning his screenplays into novels. And recently self-published his first children's book called Charlie's Long, jo- Charlie's Long Journey. Oops, yep, there's on the screen. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in the interview. Available on Amazon.com. And Spanky just released his latest feature film during Christmas 2020 called The Santa Box, which has already won an audience uh, Award, choice award and second place Best Feature Film at the LDS Film Festival. The Santa Box has also been nominated for six awards at the Utah Film Festival, including Best Director, Best Feature Film. Uh, there's Spanky. Uh, Spanky resides in Holiday, Utah. Welcome to the program, Spanky. Yeah, it, thank you. Uh,
1: thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Just while we're talking about it, so the Santa Box actually did win Best Made in Utah Film at that at the made, at the Utah Film Festival, Utah Film Awards, and my lead actress Cami Carver here, she won Best Actress Under 18, and this was her first movie. So she, I was, I think I was more excited for her than I was that we won, you know, best made in Utah feature film. So uh, it was great. She had a, it. She, she was wonderful.
0: That is so awesome. And, you know, uh, we're going to get back to the Santa box in a little bit, uh, the, the, because I, I, I'm so fascinated by just getting inside information on films and everything like that. But I just want us to briefly talk about um, your talk that you're gonna be giving this weekend at a workshop at the LDS PMA. Uh, talk Just maybe cover a little bit what you're gonna be talking about, what time you're gonna be coming on, and then also uh, any other information you'd like to give.
1: So I'm gonna be teaching a beginner's course on screenwriting as well as a final draft basic. So basically what that is, I, I want, my goal is to prepare the people who come so at the end of the class, they would be able to actually start writing their script. If they're ready, of course, there, there's things that need to be done leading up to that. But if they are ready to that point, then I'm going to prepare them to where after that class, they can go and hit the ground running. If, and as well as using the so right now, Final Draft, the screenwriting software, it's basically the go to Hollywood screenwriting software. And I've been using it for a very, very long time. Uh, they just came out with the latest version 12, which I haven't upgraded to yet. I don't need to, but I'm the kind of guy that always has to upgrade, even if I don't need to. But um, so I'll be talking about how to use Final Draft to write your screenplays, which is the best way, according you know, as far as I am concerned, to actually write screenplays. So I'll be teaching this Saturday. Uh, that's November 9th, 10:10 10, 10 a.m., room 2265. And I don't have it's up at the BYU Conference Center. I don't have the address on me, but yeah, it's uh, it's part of the LDS PMA conference. I, this is, I believe, the second time I've done this for them. And it's always fun. It's uh, one of my
0: favorite things to do. You said November 9th, it's October 9th, just real quick.
1: <laughs> October 9th, not November 9th. Yes.
0: <laughs> and, and I just wanted to ask you so, um, how long have you been? in doing film, uh, what interests got you interested in it and all that. Uh,
1: it's a very long story. I'll try and make it sing. So, uh, since literally since, since the age of 12, I've tried to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And, uh, I got to college and I took those little tests to help, you know, aptitude tests to figure out, you know, what slot you kind of fit in. And I, I just couldn't find one. Uh, My last last two years of school, I started DJing at the radio station at Weber State University, which is in Ogden, Utah. And one day someone came in and said, hey, anybody want to try writing commercials? We need some commercials written. And I thought, that sounds fun. I'll give it a shot. And so I wrote a bunch and produced them and and they really liked them a lot. And I really enjoyed it. So that was the beginning of it. And so I started producing radio spots, uh, got interested in advertising, started, uh, I interned at uh, an advertising agency and I actually got a job at a really big advertising agency at the time, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I'd always loved film. And so actually I wanted to be an actor, but the more I got into film, the more, more I realized that this face was meant to be behind the camera and not in front of the camera. <laughs> so, uh, but still my goal was to like make movies, but still put myself in there. Um, and I've made probably 60, 70 short films over the years. And I never actually did it. I almost did it once I chickened out, but in the Santa box, I finally put myself in there. I had a little, an actor had an emergency for the small role of the doctor and he couldn't show up. And I, I thought, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And so I told, told my, my casting crew I'd do it. And and then I started trying chicken out and they, they wouldn't let me chicken out. So I actually did. I played the doctor in Santa Box and they told me I did good. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to believe them, but uh, so far everybody's said I did a good job. So I'll choose to believe them. But yeah, that's kind of where it started. And it, it just exploded from there. I started writing short films and uh, started working in the Utah film industry, started making my own short films, which eventually started writing feature films. And I sold a feature film in 2002 called The Genesis Project for a decent amount of money for someone who it was only my third screenplay. And it was two weeks away from being produced. We actually had... I cast and crew like Katherine Heigl and Henry Winkler and Ernie Hudson and John Savage. And and we were, we had, you know, office downtown and uh, we're doing, I was doing rewrites and everything was in full swing. Two weeks away from principal photography for, I don't know the reason. Uh, I, I wasn't privy to those conversations because I, I wasn't directing, I was just a writer. But the funding just dropped out, like gone. And it just ripped my heart out. But uh, it's still, still having sold that script gave me what I needed to push and continue to push and try and work all these many years and it kept me going and then finally in 2015 I, I stopped working for other people I stopped working for other production companies and just decided to start working for myself And ever since then, everything kind of took off. Uh, Riot, we talked about earlier, uh, I got hired to write Riot and uh, I got hired to write other films. Uh, There's a couple others. Uh, So I've had five produced films altogether. Two of them I've directed um, and produced. The others uh, I was hired to write. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of exploded from there. So uh, I'm going on my sixth year being self-employed completely. Uh, I'm a full-time writer and filmmaker and I feel extremely blessed and uh, nothing to complain about and hopefully it will keep getting bigger and bigger and continue going
0: that's really awesome doing what you love is uh, yes stuff. it's not a job at that point
1: exactly yeah it's it's I feel like one of the most lucky people on the planet because I get to do what I love every day and uh, it just I still have to pinch myself once in a while and and uh, but you know it's difficult. It's the most stressful job on the planet, it, it, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I never know when my next job or paycheck is going to come, but uh, I wouldn't trade it. I mean, just the fact that I can, I can wake up uh, and do what I want and and write and make movies and it's just it's an amazing it's an amazing experience. I'm extremely extremely
0: lucky and blessed. So just real quick, when we talk, getting back to your latest venture, the Santa box, you know, I went online because I went on my Roku and I did a search, you see what streaming services it's going to be on. Now, apparently it is available through uh, desert books in the DV, DVD format. Is that correct?
1: Yes, it will be, it will be coming out on DVD. It'll be in all the desert book stores and, uh, book stores. it will be, you know, walmart.com uh, Amazon.com, uh, there might be other places too for all the DVDs. Streaming-wise, the distributors are holding it. So there's a new streaming service that's going to be coming up, uh, Desert Book Streaming Service. So I'm not sure when it's going to be up and going, but they're holding it because they want to have it on that streaming service for one year to help bring people to sign up. After that, it will be on, you know, whatever streaming service is the Uh, the distributors uh, choose to go with but it is available it will be very soon Uh, it will be available you know internationally you know japan australia uk and south africa was just sold to, so it'll be streaming there uh as well as other territories and all that stuff uh just over time we're in the process of i should say the distributors are in the process of getting all of the parts to them and because it has to be dubbed and it has to be you know subtitled in all the different languages so it takes time to get all that put together so that's what that's where it's at right now
0: well this is very exciting so yeah so this christmas season folks look for the santa box um at your and you can get it on amazon and deseret so that's very exciting and and i do have an international audience i do have some viewers in australia Uh, so uh, I know that for sure, so um, let you know that, you know, you can, you can stream it in Australia, and and New Zealand, is it going to be in New Zealand, too, because I have some New Uh, Zealand I'm not
1: sure, I probably over time, and it it did run in theaters here in Utah for two months, It, it ran, it opened on, I think it was November 6th, and it, it ended, the last time it screened in the theater was Christmas Eve, so we had almost a good two months run, I actually went to about 35, I used to like to I'd go and buy a ticket and sneak in after and sit. My favorite thing in the world was listening to the audience react to the movie, to you know, hear them laugh when something funny comes up. And, but my favorite is the sniffles. It, when I hear people sniffing, I know they're crying. And that was like the best thing in the world because they're reacting, they're having a visceral reaction to the movie which is exactly what i'm going for i want to entertain and actually have that visceral reaction and then after the movie ends i kind of stood up probably scared a few people because i kind of like <laughs> hey everybody probably people like kind of afraid for a few seconds but i introduced myself and i i i said thank you for coming because this is during covid of course so it was difficult to get people to come to the theaters, but we had decent, we usually, and they also limited the theaters to 50 seats, but we usually had around at least 30 people in all the screenings or more. And so I was so appreciative of all the people who came to the theater to see it. And then I gave away DVDs afterwards. I did a little trivia thing and, and then people would meet me in the hallway after and we would talk for hours about the movie and they would share experiences with me. And and we talked about the film and, and they would uh, talk about how it affected them. And they'd be still wiping tears from their eyes, which is, I mean, it's just, it's surreal. It's like the best thing in the world. (laughs)
0: that's i can only imagine uh doing that and having being able to sit in a movie theater and watching your own movie and hearing that that is like so awesome no just i'm just curious about some of the background stuff so now was how did you get financing for a film like this did you do some self-funding did you get investors to be involved in this how does that work
1: so uh i think 2018 i was hired to write this movie called christmas break-in has Danny Glover, Denise Richards, and Cameron Seeley, who is the daughter of Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman. And so they pitched me this idea, and I came in, and and I went off and wrote the script, and they went off and and made the movie. And so the same people who hired me to write this, I pitched. um, I actually had another movie that they were actually in early development on called Princess for a Day. So January pre-COVID, that movie was it was funded. It was going to be filmed in Australia. And we were, you know, I was in the process of doing rewrites. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit and everything went away. And so that movie kind of went on the back burner. But I happened to pitch Santa Box to the producer, the executive producer, Ron Bruff, And the next day, I was actually at the LDS Film Festival the next day, and he called and said, Tell me more about that Santa Box movie. And so we went back, we met again and talked. And long story short, uh, he he took it to his people. It was a difficult situation because again, COVID was happening, people weren't, you know, all of the Desert Book stores were closed, seagull book stores were closed, but still, Desert Book still paid their people. And so it was a risky thing for them to fund a movie. While they didn't really have any move, you know, money kind of coming in, but they they love the script. They took a chance, and they're extremely happy that they did. It worked out really well. They're very happy with it, and I'm extremely happy with it. I uh, it was an amazing experience. I had the best cast and crew, and uh, worked with really great people, and just and and so hopefully I can. I, I'm actually I just pitched a new project to them that they're interested in. So I'm writing that as well as. I still want to make Princess for a day. I've got another Christmas movie that I want to do, as well as I'm working on a horror film right now that I'm hoping to do fairly soon. So, uh, yeah, that's basically how it went. Uh, Covenant and Excel Entertainment both came in to finance the film. And uh, that's kind of how it went. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Wow. So uh, as we... uh, I want to start talking about your book, but I just have a quick question. What kind of yeah, guy yeah. is Dolph Lundgren like? Uh, he's one of the most iconic villains ever in movie cinema. What, uh, what kind of guy is he?
1: You know, the funny thing is originally, uh, so, so John Lai directed the movie. He's the one, him and, and Matt Reese, who was the producer slash star of the film, they brought me in and pitched me their idea. and And then they had me go off and write it. But originally they wanted Dolph to play the bad guy. And so here's here's the Blu-ray. So and this is available on Netflix and it's available in a lot of places. It's actually played overseas as well in theaters and stuff like that. I'm not sure everything. I wasn't again privy to the, all that. But so Dolph was originally supposed to play the bad guy. And so he came in. He's like, I, I kind of want to take a break from the bad guy stuff. I, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like. So he picked out a minor character in the script. He's like, I want to play this guy. So make this guy somebody. And so I went back in. So he had notes for me. I went back in and rewrote the script for him to play this other part. And so he ended up uh, playing a good guy instead of the bad guy. And then Chuck Liddell here, right here. I don't know if you know, Chuck Liddell is an MMA champ. Um, scary guy. <laughs> Actually, I have a funny story about that. Um, so he ended up playing the bad guy. So, so he, he he he's this Russian boss in prison. Anyway, I tried to put myself in the movie as much as I could, like uh, non speaking, of course, just like as an extra. So I'm in there as a SWAT guy, a prisoner, a, a gangster, a uh, kitchen cook. But during the SWAT, sc- SWAT scene, I told the coordinator guy, I'm like, hey, I want to be like, the most important SWAT guy. He's like, okay, you'll stand here. You'll go in, you know, at this time. And then everybody's going to fan out. So Chuck Liddell is supposed to be dead on the ground. And so I have my gun and and John calls action. We go in and I've got my gun trained on Chuck Liddell. He's supposed to be dead on the floor and we, he yells cut. And so we do it again on the second one. I have my gun pointed at Chuck and John doesn't call cut. I'm thinking like, the scene's over, what's going on, like, why isn't he calling, all of a sudden, Chuck Liddell goes, he like grabs it, scared the living crap out of me, and like, and everybody started, like, it was great, played a joke on him, so Chuck was great, he is a scary dude, and I would not mess with that guy for anything, and Dolph is awesome, He's, he's a brilliant guy, fun to talk to, and tons of stories, I think he's still, I think I asked him about the ear necklace from universal soldier. I think he still has it if I remember right, but yeah, he was great to talk to. He's a great guy.
0: Wow, this is so cool! Being able to geek out like this, this is awesome. <laughs> so, um, so one of the things that you've you've recently decided to do is kind of transition. So, as, as, you know, obviously a filmmaker and a screenwriter, but you also have decided that you want to take some of the work that you've done and uh, put it in a book form. But you also recently self published a book called Charlie's Long Journey, and it's a children's book. Maybe talk a little bit about that.
1: So yeah, so Charlie's Long Journey actually it. I was asked to give a talk in church and the theme was waiting on the Lord. And so I, I thought about that and and kind of, uh, of course, you know, took it into my own life and figured out basically what I was talking about is uh, the basic premise of it was, are you doing, if you want something in life, are you doing what you need to do in order to get that? Or are you just relying on the Lord to do all the work? And the more I thought about this, the, and I, I, again, I'm looking at my own life, especially in this career, I'm thinking like, okay, am I working hard enough to get, you know, uh, get my films made to get funding? Am I, am I doing my part? Or am I relying too much on, on God to kind of pick up the slack? And this story popped in my head about a little snail who every day has this long journey to go to. He lives in a a rose bush on one side of the sidewalk. and And every morning he has to get up really early to start because it takes him forever. And he has to complete his journey before the sun gets too high in the sky because it gets really hot and dry. And so every day he has to cross the sidewalk over to the front lawn of this home because that's where everybody meets. That's where all the food is. That's where the the shade is. That's where his friends and family are. So every day he gets up and makes this long journey across. Well, one day, halfway through his journey, uh, the paperboy comes along, sees him and decides to help him out and picks him up and places him in the front yard. And Charlie thinks, oh, wow, that was, that was great. I only had to work half as hard. Next day, the same thing happens. Paper boy picks him up, puts him in the front yard. So soon Charlie gets the idea. is like, hey, this is great. I only have to work half as hard and I'll let him do the rest. So every day he lets this paper boy do half his work for him. And then, and then of course, one day, the paper boy doesn't show up. And the sun is high in the sky and Charlie's been waiting and waiting and waiting. And now he's kind of in a pickle because the sidewalk is extremely dried out. He's dried out and he doesn't know how he's going to make it the rest of the way. So he has to figure out how to solve that. Of course, he learns a lesson at the end that, uh, you know, you have to do everything that you can and then rely on the Lord for the rest. Otherwise, it's uh, kind of a fruitless uh, you know, effort. So that was where, and after the talk, people came up and said, hey, where did you get that story? I'd like to get that book for, to read to my you know, grandkids or whatever. I'm like, well, it's, uh, I actually wrote it. Um, it's not a book, but uh, maybe I'll turn it into a book. So I got a wonderful illustrator, Clinton Coltrane right here, amazing guy not only is he an amazing illustrator but he's a great actor actually i've had him in a few short films and he's actually in the santa box as well so amazing guy clinton coltrane if you need an illustrator he's the guy let me show you a couple pages yeah, here yeah. so that's charlie there let me switch my view here so i can see better
0: uh-huh. yeah.
1: so yeah just uh just you know it's a little i call it a snail tail
0: yeah Oh, it's good. I like. Oh, there's the, the paper boy picking them up. Oh, yeah, it's nicely illustrated. I like. The, oh, fact yeah. that the The writing is very big and clear for a young reader.
1: Yep, it's it's available paperback as well as on Kindle. So,
0: okay, and, so you uh, can get it through Amazon, and we'll provide yeah. a link. We'll provide a link for that. Definitely. Yeah.
1: When I'm more time, I'm going to try and get out to more places as well. So yeah, it's been great. It was a wonderful experience. I have more ideas, uh, more children's books that I've already written that I just need to, uh, you know, have time to, uh, to turn into books.
0: So, so. And then also, are you also thinking of writing some novels or, as well? Have you talked about? Yeah,
1: yeah, I've, I've written two, as well as some long, long, short, long stories. But uh, I, I'm slowly turning my screenplays into novels. One is called Book of Life, which I've already turned into a novel. It's gone through a couple of drafts. And I actually, I made it through three or four gatekeepers at a publisher's a couple of years ago. I pitched it to someone at the Quills conference, they, which is another writing conference that happens here. And she asked to asked me to send more pages, which I did. Told her the entire story outside of this room. And, and long story short, uh, I sent it in and I got a letter back saying that they... Basically, they gave me kind of like, hey, you need to work on this, fix this, 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 and this, because of course, I knew I'm still learning how to write novels. So I I was really appreciative of the advice. And they want to see it again, which uh, was pretty big. Uh, Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to do anything. So it's been two years, and I haven't been able to work on it. But it's on my list of things to do. But yeah, eventually, I want to turn all my screenplays into novels, it's uh i'm kind of doing it backwards usually you have sorry about that i had my ringer turned off but apparently it didn't work it's all good um so yeah so usually usually you have the novel and then you have the movie come out after that but i'm doing it backwards i'm writing doing the movie and then uh
0: sorry about that. i had to return (laughs) it's all good it's all good yeah so you know i i find it so interesting because now of course you're you're a man of faith and uh, and so maybe just talk a little bit about how your faith plays a role in your profession as a filmmaker as a writer um maybe what boundaries it provides for you but also what freedoms it gives to you as well as being a believer who's in an industry that's largely secular um but you you have found a niche in it and uh found your space and and have been able to tell your story in your voice um so just talk a little bit about that
1: so it's so the film industry is extremely difficult as it is just going into it but because i'm a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints there are certain things that uh, i mean I, I i don't write nudity into my movies i never will I, I don't write vulgar language. Uh, I would, I would never take, you know, write something where someone takes the, the, you know, the Lord's name in vain, uh, anything like that. Now, on the other hand, there's a fine line because I do love horror films, so I do write things where there is violence, there is blood, but I don't do anything gratuitous. There has to be purpose behind it, I don't go over the top. I, I, I won't, you know, do anything that would be considered like a rated R situation, maybe PG-13. So it is a fine line. It's difficult to, I have to keep in mind uh, that I represent, you know, myself as a member of the church. So I don't want to do anything that would make the church look bad. Not that they have anything to do with anything I do, but as a member, just as somebody myself, I want to be a good example. And so it does make it difficult because I have to, be careful and I have to, uh, and some people may not agree with, with that. I, I'm not, I don't consider it self censorship or anything like that. I just am cautious about what I do and how I write as well as it's difficult to get things out there because ideally I would get a Hollywood agent and starts writing and selling screenplays and making movies for Hollywood. That would be, that's everyone's goal. It's my goal. The problem is you kind of run into a situation where uh, maybe our, our beliefs or morals don't quite match up. If I, if I were to get hired by someone maybe from Hollywood, maybe they would want me to write something or add something to a screenplay that I wouldn't normally do. And so it, I might be in a situation where uh, I have to decide either do the job or do the work. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that would never happen. There are LDS filmmakers out there. Maybe they don't have to, you know, face situations like this. Jared Hess is a, you know, probably, uh, as far as I can think of, our most, you know, famous, you know, uh, member of the church who is a filmmaker and and a mainstream filmmaker. And you know, of course, if you don't know, I think everybody does. But he did Napoleon Dynamite and Natural Libre and number a number of other films. And he's got a, a, a bunch of other, you know films lined up with big actors. So he uh, he's able to do it. So maybe it is possible. Uh, I don't know. I need to try that venue someday. Uh, I want to try and do things independently as much as I can. If I can be successful enough to where I don't have to try and go Hollywood, then I'll, I'll be happy. Um, if I could do both, that would be great. The, the goal is to reach as wide as audience as possible. And all I want to do is tell a great story and entertain. And again, have that visceral reaction where they, they laugh, if it's funny, they cry, if it's sad, they jump, if it's scary. I, I just, I want to have, I want people to have a good time. I want them to enjoy
0: themselves. You know, one of the more interesting, you know, in our world, of course, evangelicals have, uh, are really into filmmaking and have had some breakout yeah, successes. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I find fascinating, I don't know if you know too much, but, you know, you have this collaboration between evangelicals and LDS with the Chosen series. Yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, I find it fascinating that it's evangelicals that have made this uh, thing, but, um, and, but yet it's being broadcast on BYU TV. Yeah. It's being distributed by a Mormon-owned uh, com- distributor, um, and since they located their um, shooting to Utah and using the church's uh, Jerusalem set, many—I uh, was at Rick Bennett's church in Lehi—and one of the one of the guys doing the priesthood meeting had a beard. He's like, oh, "I wonder what's going on with that guy. If he's going rogue," and uh, <laughs> he's, "Oh no! I, oh, I'm an extra in the in the chosen." So, evangelicals yeah. out there. You know, I just want you to know that most of those extras that you see milling in the back of the shows, and those are all LDS uh, people, Mormon. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is,
1: so so the Santa Box came out on DVD last Christmas, and I I went I would go into the Seagull Books because they have they have a big shelf with like the top ten sellers, and so I I, I watched Santa Box slowly creep up from you know number, th- number four, number three. And, and then, but chosen was always number one. I'm like, we, we even got to number two, which displaced a book by, you know, the prophet. Um, and so I'm like, okay, we're going for the chosen. We're, we're coming for you. We never got <laughs> never there. Got there. <laughs> so the chosen held on to the number one spot and we were number two, which I was completely happy with totally not complaining, but there for a while, I was gunning for you guys. I was gunning for the chosen, but they kicked their butts. But you know, I don't blame them.
0: Well, you know, I like the I like that the convergences of our movements where they come together and work together. Do you think yeah. you, if the opportunity arose to work with evangelicals in a movie, would that be something you would consider doing?
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I I actually almost just uh, sold the script to someone who works in that venue, um, but absolutely, yeah. I, I'm, I'm open to anything. If it's, if it's something spiritual like that, uh, I mean, anything that promotes God, Jesus, uh, morals, uh, anything like that, uh, it's good. It's, it's good. I, I would love to work with anyone who, uh, and, and that's, that's the other thing too. When you're working with people like that, you don't have to worry about running into situations that make you uncomfortable, or you're going to have a hard decision to, you know, to make. And it's very comforting uh, working with people like that because you can just focus on the work and the story that you're trying to tell.
0: Hmm, interesting. Um, Spinky Ward, uh, the the director of Santa Box and the author of Charlie's Long Journey. Um, and who will be giving a presentation this Saturday at the LDS PMA. Um, what time is your session, by the way?
1: So uh, it will be October 9th, Saturday morning, 1010 10, a.m. And that's in room 2265.
0: So I just want to let everybody know that I'm going to provide a link to register for that conference. Again, I'm a uh, shout out to Devin Jensen and all the work that he does with that in the organization.
1: And I believe there's a discount code friend 2021 I think friend is capitalized
0: okay friend 2021 F is capitalized um, yeah if okay. it's still working if yeah. it's still working yeah and um, so yeah this is uh, fantastic you know I just want to thank you so much for coming on the program do you have any final words to my audience
1: Uh, Well, I want to thank you for the invitation. It's been a wonderful experience. You're a great guy. It's been great to meet you and talk with you. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk. But yeah, just uh, I I do want to say just so Santa Box will be again, it'll be coming out on DVD, all the sequel book locations, desert book locations. It will be streaming sometime uh, soon this year, hopefully, maybe next year. uh, And it'll go worldwide. Uh, Also, eventually, I'm going to turn into a novel. And we're actually going to try, if, if it's successful enough, we're actually going to try and manufacture Santa boxes to sell retail uh, that kind of can be like, you know, the Christmas jar kind of thing, stuff like that.
0: We'll, so we'll see.
1: We'll see how it goes.
0: That's fantastic. I, you know, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and doing me a real thank solid. You. Uh, 24 hours ago, we didn't even know each other.
1: Yeah, it's been great to get to know you
0: yeah i love this uh some of my best interviews are the ones that are done on the fly at the last minute and uh and i just you know i just want to you know what, what i've been doing on thursdays is just kind of finding people maybe you haven't heard of, of course many of you probably have watched uh, spanky's movie in utah and everything like that but you know outside you know people uh, i have an audience outside of the um uh, the wasatch range and and uh maybe they're not as familiar and so this is what the purpose of this channel is is to have some of the heavy hitters that i have had on some of the biggest names in mormonism but i also because i'm a little guy I wanna help out the other little guy too and help them uh, grow an audience and get some recognition as well. So I just wanna remind the audience to like and subscribe, uh, hit the notification button to be reminded when a new video is coming out. I'm gonna provide a link to um, Charlie's long journey um, in the description, as well as that link, of course, to the LDS PMA for all you podcasters, YouTubers, publishers and stuff that would be interested in attending it. Um, Everybody, we're gonna get through this pandemic together. Uh, Life will return to normal shortly. Uh, Just uh, keep the faith and all will be well.